Hi, it's Joe at Real News. Uh, I hope you're having a great day. And, uh, yeah, uh, Black Lives Matter, all cops are bastards. Uh, the movement isn't done. It's just not being reported on anymore for some reason. So uh, keep fighting. I love you all. Bye. everyone it's joe yay uh, another episode of the podcast uh we have a very special guest today uh would you like to introduce yourself yeah so my name is rachel i use she her pronouns and i used to work at the same camp that joe used to yeah and autumn's here too uh... so rachel and i actually we never worked there at the same time well Rachel was a CIT uh, the last year I worked there. So mm -hmm. we did hang out sometimes, but like not in a professional capacity, more in a I needed help being a lifeguard. And Rachel was the unfortunate person nearby who got to do that. Uh, and then afterwards, Rachel kept in contact with Hannah who I, of course, stayed in contact with. And then years later, we started hanging out again because Rachel was hanging out here where I lived at the same time Anna was. So, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot that the CITs helped some of the lifeguard uh, practice drills. Yeah, a very, a little bit. Um, from what I remember, your job was... To watch was mainly to watch the kids who were not swimming. Oh yeah, that too. Wait, what else did the CITs do? No, um, CITs weren't supposed to do stuff like that. But there was one time I went swimming with the kids because there needed to be one semi kind of adult in the water. Mm -hmm. All they did was, like, go up to their hips, I think, and just splashed around. Mm -hmm. Did did the CITs, CITs do swamping? Yeah. God, I love swamping. Swamping? That was great. Uh, swamping is where you get in a canoe out in the canoe lake, and then you purposefully capsize it, and then practice riding it and getting back in it. Oh. Uh, uh, one of the times uh, we were doing swamping, and I had to practice, like, and I had to pretend I was drowning for one of the uh, lifeguards' practice drills. Ooh, I don't remember that. Might have been a different year. I can't remember who were the lifeguards then. Yeah. That sounds fun. I remember I solo swamped a lot, which uh, was not recommended because that's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and my method of swamping, most people... Uh, when you swamp, you rock the canoe back and forth until it starts taking water, and then you flip it. Um, I don't remember Daisy how if you ever saw me how I swamped. Um, I swamped by standing up and kicking the side of the canoe, so it just immediately flipped over because it looked cooler. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous. Those yeah. are really 
big metal canoes. Yeah, I uh, I got smacked in the soft spot in the back of my head once. Then I stopped doing that. Oh, I, I just stopped I, doing that. I uh, I did set the solo swamping record though, uh, because I don't know if you remember this, but the year I was a lifeguard there. So the camp isn't used uh, all throughout the year. It's only used in the summer. Um, so during the winter and stuff, uh, other people use it. I can't remember what it's used for when it's not used for camp. I didn't think it was used for anything. Well, I think it was because the issue was um, a plug was unplugged by someone before camp started, so the water was draining the entire year. So by the end of the summer, the water had receded so much that A, there wasn't really any deep water anymore in the swimming hole, and the canoe lake in a lot of places was shallow enough you could stand. So when I was swamping, I could actually kind of touch the bottom, which made getting back in the canoe much easier um well were you there the year of the mountain lion no oh okay so i was still a cit and uh we had gone on a trip and this whole trip like went badly from start to finish okay because um we were supposed to be checking out another camp to see how they were run there's two cars of us that went like one car got lost and never made it to the camp and then we met up later and like everyone got car sick and it was just this whole like disaster so we finally get to camp and the person in charge of the camp goes i need to talk to all the cats immediately like, oh my god we're in trouble oh my god what did we do we've been here for like less than an hour ah! mm -hmm. and she comes over and she starts talking to us Apparently, um, that year at camp, they had two goats or in the meadow mm -hmm. and a miniature horse. And night zero, so like right before the kids came, a mountain lion came and ate one of the goats. Killed the other one. Wait, this was at our camp, right? Yeah. Yes, okay, I was there. Yeah. Then, um, then you know the head the head of the camp was like, yeah. So don't like let the other kids know because you know your CATs. You would notice that the goats are missing. And years later, I found out that um, one of my counselors had been sleeping in the meadow mm -hmm. in a hammock, like right next to where the goats were. Mm -hmm. And the next morning, when she woke up, there was a paw print under her hammock. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Oh. I do remember the goats being eaten. I remember there was one goat left who was a jerk. But that's about it. That was just a very memorable event. Because after that, we weren't um, allowed to sleep out under the stars. Yeah. 
so one of the CITs uh, had to move in my tent with me because I was the only one not sharing a tent. Um, it was this whole big thing, you know, and at night people got like really freaked out and stuff and like would sing loudly and it was really obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Gosh, were you there for the bear or was that before camp started? Um, I don't think I was there for the bear. I heard about it though. Yeah. Did you, about, did you hear about the bear skeleton they found at the other camp property? No. Oh, it was super cool. So, um, the same organization owns a different camp property that they really haven't done much of anything with. Um, and when the maintenance there found like this bear skeleton just like lying under a bush and they go hey rachel you know all about bones and stuff get and i'm like what then i just had a bear skeleton like sitting in my backyard for a few months um my parents were not pleased with that why that's rad as hell yeah it was pretty cool so actually at that time i was going to uc davis mm -hmm. so um i got the archaeology lab clean up the skeleton for mm -hmm. camp then we, we were able to give it back to them and it was like all clean and like looking nice and like things were labeled so that was pretty cool yeah that it was really it was super intact like um still had some of the cartilage on in various places oh, you wow. could tell a lot from it it was most likely a female bear that lived to like a really old age. It had tons of arthritis. Oh. What poor bear. Well, that's kind of... <laughs> No god. It's kind of funny though, because the bear had a cavity. So when I was showing the skeleton to the kids sometimes, I'd be like, hey, you want to see what a cavity looks like? And they'll go, yeah. And then I show them and they all go, ew. And then I say, that's why you should brush your teeth. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. <laughs> that would happen every time. They were like, I don't want a cavity. I'm going to brush my teeth so hard. Yeah. Cavities suck. Yeah. Um, I ever tell you to the story of the time uh, I ate a caramel M&M and it tore up the inside of my mouth? Uh, no, you did not tell me that. Uh, yeah, I have so many questions. So uh, I was shopping one day, and I noticed that at my uh, the place I was shopping, there was the like almost expired food area, where everything's like half plus off. So I went over there, and they had like bags of Caramel M and M's for twenty cents a bag, and I'm like, damn, that's a pretty good deal. So I throw a couple of my car in my. Uh, basket i buy my head home i decide to you know try them out and i do and they're i mean they're pretty decent but um they're made out of caramel so you know sometimes they kind of like get stuck in your teeth and one of them got stuck really bad all the way in the back of my mouth and i was like man this really sucks i can't i can't get rid of it no matter what I'm doing, it's just not coming out. So I just, you know, I, 
I leave it because, you know, it'll eventually dissolve. And a day goes by and it hasn't dissolved yet. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Uh, so I kind of, you know, I'm kind of prodding it with my tongue and I go, wow, it's, it's actually kind of sharp. That's not, that really shouldn't be like the caramel couldn't be that expired. And so I prod it. And I like, I look in the mirror at work because by now I do this on a Saturday and now it's Monday. I look in a mirror at work and I realize that it's not caramel that's sticking up. Uh, the caramel bent one of my crowns out of place. And now the crown is just, just part of the crown is just sticking straight up and it's cutting into my cheek. So I have to call my uh, dentist and be like, hey, I need an emergency appointment. I think one of my crowns broke and like my mouth is bleeding because it's cutting up my cheek. And they're like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, and then they call me back later that day and they're like, okay, we have, you know, we have time to see you. So I was working at my last job, which I hated. So I was like, aha, bye fuckers. I have to go get this taken care of. Um, and so I go and they, they take a look and they're like, yep, that's your crown. Turn into a like little tiny knife cutting into your cheek. Uh, we're going to take that out and get you fitted for a new crown. I'm like, cool. Uh, and then became an hour and a half, like, torture session of them, like, having to force my jaw open because it's way in the back and, like, sand it down and pop it off. And then by the time they get around to, like, putting in a mold for a permanent one, they can't. My jaw's too, like, fucked up and exhausted. So they have to put the old one back on uh, after they sand it down. And then I had to make an appointment for me to get fitted for a new one. And then an additional appointment for them to actually put in my mouth. So I basically lost three days worth of leave because I was not going back to work after that. Oof. Because I mean, it was fair. extremely unpleasant. Brush your teeth, kids. Also, the, the worst part of that story is the idea that caramel M&M's exist. Oh, they're not bad. It's just... I, that's I've never heard of it. Of... It's the weirdest. I mean, it's just caramel instead of uh, chocolate. Well. A, a caramel... It's like a peanut M&M, except instead of peanuts, it's caramel. But they're smaller, so I guess it's more like one of the pretzel M&M's. Okay. I don't know. I haven't. I have not had one since, for some reason. Yeah, who 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 would who would know? Mm -hmm. uh, but my bear story um, was before camp started. There was, you know, we're we're getting prepped. We're getting everything out. We're getting everything organized. I'm trying to get my uh, the inventory shed or building organized and none of it's working because people keep coming in and taking shit and I'm taking inventory and I have to test like, does this tent work? Can I put up this tent alone? Uh, and you know, that's, that shit takes time. And slowly over a couple days, 
a really bad smell is wafting over the camp. No one's entirely sure what it is. Because at first, everyone's afraid that it might be them. They might be what that terrible smell is, and they don't want to mention it. Or maybe that was just my cabin, where all three of us were like, uh, I didn't want to say anything in case it was me. Um, we waited for the uh, person who came and cleaned out the uh, outhouses, and it wasn't the outhouses. It wasn't any one individual person. Uh, it wasn't the horses. And eventually some people go exploring and they kind of discover where it's coming from. And so they head over and take a look and, oh my God, there is a bear there and it is half rotted through. Uh, it had gotten into one of the dumpsters and eaten a bunch of rat poison. Oh, and then went off and just killed over, which sucks. Poor bear. Yeah. But it would have been quick. Because rat poison works pretty fast. Poor bear. And that's what that is why you secure your uh, dumpsters to be bear proof. That didn't work one of the years I was there. Well, I mean, they're bears. Bears do whatever the fuck they want. You just hope you made it too much of an inconvenience. Yeah. So one year I was there, um, the dumpster like made for this area that has bears all the time so there's only like one tiny little door for it at the very very top mm-hmm. like six feet up and of course like none of us there can ever get the traction and we always have to throw it in and half the time it comes back and hits us but anyways yeah don't throw liquids Ugh. Yeah. so this door was made out of super hard plastic and one night um, a bear like literally ripped it open and mm-hmm. ate a ton of broccoli. Mm-hmm. Then the next night, one of the maintenance guys like literally chained a bed frame to the dumpster. The bear somehow still got in and ate a bunch of trash. Yeah, it's a- so we ended up having to get like just a whole new dumpster because it just there was nothing we could do about it. Yeah, uh, bears are pretty good at just saying, no, this is something I'm doing. There's nothing you can do to, like, dissuade me. I'm going to eat this. Or I'm going to eat you. Make your choice. And, like, pretty much. Don't fuck with bears. Bears are terrifying. Adorable. They're very cute at a distance. Or up close. I'm I'm not afraid to die. Worth it. Do you have any uh, rattlesnake stories from camp? Um, no, I never saw a rattlesnake. I think I had a little bit of one of them that got killed and grilled. I remember it being tasty, but yeah, one of the uh, years I was there, they uh also cooked one, and then I hung the skin up in the um. I was teaching and one day it was so bizarre like the board the skin was pegged on like fell the skin was gone huh so I don't know kind of thinking something came and ate it just sounds like it yeah um I have a fun rattlesnake story oh please do go on so I was with my friend 
and she wanted this like specific like giant spool thing she could wooden spool that she could use as a table in her work mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. and i was allowed to drive the car there so i was helping her out and we went to the burn pile to go get the spool before we left the head of the camp said oh make sure you watch out for rattlesnakes they really like the burn pile mm-hmm. like uh we'll be fine so we drive up we get to the giant wooden spool and we flip it over there's like something poking out the other side and i'm like what is that oh, no. and my friend goes you know what that is and she like grabbed me and then like ran into the truck and i was like what <laughs> like wait what is it and she's like you know what it is i'm like what is it it looked like a rattlesnake it had like the bumpy texture and diamond pattern and everything I was like, oh, okay, that's why you're freaking out. Mm-hmm. Then we had to make a call to the to the camp, and I'm like, hey, so we have a we have a real fun friend up here. If anyone wants to come help us out with that, and so like we're waiting for the head of the camp to come up, and like I'm just watching it and watching it, and it hasn't moved like at all. Hmm. I wonder if it's dead. Or I don't know. And I was like, we should poke it with a stick. And my friend's like, no. Like, I'm going to poke it with a stick. She goes, no. And she, like, literally grabs a stick away from me and, like, throws it. (laughs) So, like, we're waiting, like, by the truck. And finally, the head of the camp comes up. And we all go, like, very cautiously look on the other side of this thing. You see, still see, like, the lumpy thing sticking out with, like, a little diamond pattern on it. Mm. It hasn't moved at all. And we see like this bug. The bug starts crawling on it. Okay, so whatever it is, probably dead. Mm-hmm. The head of the camp's like, I'm gonna poke it with a stick. And I was like, that's what I've been wanting to do, but okay. She goes and she gets a stick. And she just busts out laughing at us. Like, what? What is it? It's a glove. It's a glove <laughs> that some maintenance worker left up there and mm-hmm. had gotten like dirt and rained on and was just shoved in the end of this wooden spool. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, uh, what yeah. was what was the camp code for rattlesnake? Uh we never really had a specific code. Hmm. All the years I was there it was just like make up something that isn't rattlesnake. So one time I told someone to say a giant worm or something. I feel like I said a snake friend or something like that. Makes sense. I'm trying to remember. I think Bear was Bertha. Or something that started with B. It was Ant something. I feel like one year, wasn't it Unicorn, the word for Bear? Oh, maybe. But, no. I... Hmm. It might have been, and I seem to remember that some of the codes had to get changed because uh, the kids would hear stuff like, oh, we have a unicorn in this part of the camp. And the kids would be like, we well, want to see the unicorn. So they had to make it sound like un- uh, desirable to go look at. Uh, you know, I don't remember any specific codes. Just, um during training like we were told just to keep it very vague mm-hmm. that if the kids overheard it they wouldn't necessarily know what's going on 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that sounds frankly familiar. Um, you were in the same CIT class as B and Eeyore, right? Were one or two below me. Mm. Years, technically, but yes, at one point I was a CIT with them. Those were interesting characters. They were. I believe both have been mentioned before. Uh, Eeyore was the littlest juggernaut from Hannah's first episode. And B. Oh, B. Poor. Be fair, because for a year or two younger than me, I rarely ever hung out with them. Of course. Understandable. Um, wait, B was younger than you? I think so. Oh, God, I thought she was your age. God, that makes her even creepier. Mm. So B was a CIT who had, like, an open, not even trying to hide it crush on me. And was constantly trying to, like, get my attention and do stuff. So I would have to interact with her. And me being like, hmm, I don't want to go to prison. A lot of the other counselors already think I'm weird. And uh, some of them openly hate me. So I'm not going to give them any ammo. I'm going to stay away from B as much as I can. Uh, except one time I was sent to drive home. Uh, all the counselors in training went down to the river. Were you there for the river thing? I don't think I was there for that. So there was a session where all the CITs... It was at the end of the year. All of them went down for their own little CIT camping trip. And they needed to be brought back early because all of them were so rambunctious and not following the rules and just being jerks. And I was one of the people I could drive kids. So I drove down to pick them up. I get to their campsite. I discover that they have gone into the river despite the fact that they were told specifically to wait for me because that river has multiple signs that say lifeguard, not on duty. Uh, people die in this river. Please don't go in the river, but CITs want to go swimming. They just had to go swimming. So I show up. All the CITs are done. The counselors watching them are like, Oh, Hey, we came down here anyways. I'm like, Oh, Hey, why? Come on. I would like I I was even early. And as all of them, all the CITs are getting out of the river, B, who's in the back, slips and falls in the river. So I have to run out and grab her and take her back to shore. And she has apparently twisted her ankle and can't make it back. And when this happened, we had sent uh all of the campers off with uh, one of the CIT counselors and the other one had stuck around with me because I was like, hey, like, I can't be alone around the girl campers because that's the rules. And so we had the very short. Do you remember Blue? Yeah. Yeah. So Blue was a very tiny girl. Um, 
very sweet, except for the time she didn't show up to one of the sessions. She just disappeared off the face of the planet, and we thought she died. That was fun. Oh, okay. Oh, did you never hear about that? No. I'll tell you. camper still. I'll tell you that story. Um, So, B can't walk. Blue can't do anything about it. So I have to carry B, who luckily was a very... She was young and very skinny, so she didn't weigh... She weighed like 80 pounds sopping wet, so it wasn't terribly difficult to carry her. Um, And she wanted me to princess carry her at first. And I was like, no, I'm giving you a piggyback ride. I am not going to princess or fireman carry you because that is far too personal. Uh, So I carry this 80-pound girl for over a mile back to camp. And we get there, and I'm like, cool. Everyone get in the van, or the pack up, get in the van. And I drop B off, and she gets up and walks away. And at that point, Blue and I realized that she had faked twisting her ankle uh, so that I would be forced to carry her. And I am not a happy camper. That sounds about right. Yeah. Oof. So we get in the van, we drive home. I give a lecture to all of the female uh, CITs because um, the One Direction song, uh, God, what's the name of it? You Don't Know You're Beautiful? Or That's What Makes You Beautiful? Whatever, I I give a lecture about how if any guy or girl talks to them in such a manner, uh, they need to get away from them because that is called negging. And yeah, that song sucks. People should look up the lyrics of that song. It sucks. It's all negging. Uh, but Blue. Yeah, I can tell the story about Blue. Uh, so there was... There's a time period that eventually was referred to as the Session from Hell, which was actually like three sessions that were back-to-back. It was like nine days uninterrupted camper. Uh, Sessions usually last three or four days, and then we get to go somewhere else and relax. Sometimes there's some overlap, and we have to do two sessions in a row, but this this was horrid. Like, every single day there was special events, welcoming ceremonies, farewell ceremonies, buses coming in and out, um, for one of the sessions, Blue didn't show up. And so everyone's like, what happened to Blue? And uh, eventually she shows up again. And what she says happened is that she was driving to camp and then her car broke down on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. So she wasn't able to get um, a hold of anyone. And her phone had expired because... Up at camp, time is a suggestion, and she had forgotten to pay her phone. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. That's what she said. However, during that time period, it was also her birthday and her one-year anniversary with her boyfriend. Hmm. And 
I don't know if you know this. If your uh, if your phone doesn't have in like if your phone hasn't been paid and been shut down, if you're in the middle of the woods, you can still call nine one one. It'll go through no matter what. Any phone can call nine one one. And my understanding is that even if you don't think you have service, there are towers that you usually can't access that you can if you're calling 911, or so I've been told. Uh, so if she'd really broken down on the side of the road, she probably could have gotten help. There's also like, okay, someone had to drive by eventually. How did you survive for several days? If you just stayed with your car and didn't walk anywhere. Uh, there's just a bunch of that stuff. And that wasn't even mm. that isn't even all of it. There was. I think I told part of the story. Um, this was one of the times that uh, bees were everywhere. Uh, I believe this is the time we had the camper who was allergic to every bug in existence. Um, this is when I had pink eye. Remember, I remember uh, the bees everywhere, but I mean, I view everything very differently since I was not actually working then. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard the story about? Well, were you there when we had to do the campfire in the canoes? Um. Yes, I was there for that because it wasn't that a two of us weekend. Oh, that might have been. Yeah, it was a two of us weekend. And Oh god. Um, I just remember like there was this parent that was like straight up just yelling at the head of the camp because did you not know there was like bees or whatever at the campfire and it's like, well, it doesn't get used every single night and ta da, there's a new hive there today, so like what you gonna do about it? Yeah. God, I remember uh, for the two of us weekend, all of the counselors had to get special training about what to do in case one of the parents starts to hit on hit on you and propositions you or offers you alcohol or drugs. Or what to do if you come across the parents banging. I don't ever recall getting that. <laughs> my last year you also have to remember was uh hmm stuff happened my last year so it's possible that they like apple staff was like we need to make sure this group doesn't actually do any of this uh oof. I do remember one of the uh, parents locked their keys in the car with the engine running, so I had to call a tow truck. And the guy showed up um, to, uh, like, with a Slim Jim to unlock the window, or to unlock the car, and he brought a uh, lady of negotiable affection with him. Yikes. Yeah. That was... Interesting. Uh, I remember one of the camp, uh, one of the parents yelling at me and one of the other lifeguards 
because they decided we weren't uh, watching the kids well enough during uh, the swim. Uh, by which I mean, I guess the parent wasn't watching the kid and the kid swam a little ways away and the parent was furious that the lifeguards didn't stop the kid from swimming away from the parent. Which, like, my job's to make sure that there's the same number of kids to begin with as at the end. It's not my job to make sure that the kids are staying near their bodies. Uh, a lot of being a lifeguard is sitting on the wall, counting up to 22 for a half hour. Making sure that there is always 22. And that if you count... Hey. Hmm? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Hmm. Um, last year there, was that the year Casablanca was in charge of the CITs? The name sounds familiar. Okay. Like, yeah, then probably. Okay. Um, yeah, because that was the that was the year that um I had the parent I had a parent like yell at me during a two of us session. Hmm. Why were they yelling at you? Um, because it was pathetic that I was a CIT and I was the only one who knew what they were doing there because they considered all the other counselors useless. Oh, that's. Why were they yelling at you then? Um, I was there. Ah. They're yelling at everybody, and there's like a group of campers because the um, at camp that always does the construction work was going on there too. Uh-huh. So like, my mom was like screaming and cursing, and like in front of like these other campers and her kid, and uh, yeah, there was something. Oh, right, the campfire. So, um, we had a burn canoe for when we had to make campfires uh, out on the lake in case, you know, we can't, uh, mainly in case there were bees up at uh, the campfire area. But we had to do it a few times. One of the times... Uh, we did it in not the burn canoe and uh, caused some damage to that canoe and the head of uh, maintenance was not terribly pleased with us. I imagine they would be. Uh, and then another time we burned a hole in the burn canoe. Oh my god. Uh, and burned off one of the crossbars. That was great. Uh, gee, there was the time we all went out on the dock. Oh, you might not have been there. I can't actually remember if you were there or not. Um, so we had we made a new buddy board during uh that set my last year. Uh, the buddy board. The idea is that you take off um numbers. You're you're each assigned a number, and then you flip it. If you're in the water, and then you flip it back if you're out of the water, so that it's easier for the lifeguards to track how many are in the water, how many are out of the water. So when we take our counts, they're accurate, and that everywhere's where everyone's where they're supposed to be. Uh, the old one sucked, so we made a new one. At the end of the year, we decided to burn the old one. Uh, so we went out 
on one of the docks. One of the docks was actually like a big raft that was just tied to a wooden dock. So we untied it. We sailed out into the middle of the lake. And we put um, the board in one of the... Uh, in the burn canoe. Actually, this is when we almost destroyed the burn canoe. Um, and we tried to burn it. And it wasn't working. So we squirted some lighter fluid on it. And it wasn't working. And we just kept going, and we realized that the canoe was going to, like, melt before this thing burned, because it was treated with something. And that also means if we burned it and inhaled it, we would probably damage our lungs. Um, so it instead just got beat up and thrown in the trash. Which, as anticlimactic, as, like, terrible as that year was, an anticlimactic end like that seemed appropriate. Yeah. No, I think I sort of remember Blue being gone because I think Blue was also supposed to be with the CATs. Yes. Uh, was Casablanca? Um, oh, she kept her hair back in a ponytail a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and she was bigger, like a lot taller and broader than a lot of the other uh, counselors, female counselors. Wasn't that tall. But um, because one thing I remember is that at one point there weren't enough counselors for the CITs to sleep in the area they usually sleep in. Mm -hmm. Instead, we slept in the areas we were supposed to shadow in. Mm -hmm. Like that got to be kind of messed up because, you know, we're like treated like staff, but like had no breaks or anything. Mm -hmm. One of my fellow CITs ended up having to shower at like midnight every night. That was the only break she really got. Uh-huh. We weren't an organized group. It was just like, oh, you have another sort of camper. Deal with them sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Uh, were you there for when uh, um, all of the counselors got a pizza party and then Apple staff and the CITs had to serve all the campers? I don't remember that. So during one of the times when it was pouring down rain, um, a lot of the tents for the campers were getting, like, ruined. And they couldn't be used because they were thoroughly soaked through. And a lot of the camp had to be compressed down. Uh, so Apple Staff was sent out to go pick up... Um, tents from some of the other areas that were dry because they were all being uh, consolidated and so we go around, we're rearranging tents, we're moving people's stuff from one tent to another tent and moving tents elsewhere. Apple staff is actually enjoying this because we're getting to ride in the back of a truck in the bed and there's just something really gratifying about hopping out the back of a truck, grabbing stuff, and just, like, rapidly moving stuff. There's a lot of movement, and it's very fast and very exciting, you know? Uh, anyways, it turns out the counselors hadn't been told this was going to happen. And so they went back to their, uh... To where they thought their tents were, and all of their stuff was missing. And moved. Oh. Oh, yikes. And 
it was still raining, so a lot of stuff got put in places that were very wet. Uh, so, what the camp ended up doing is all of the counselors got to take an extended, like, hour-long break where they got pizza, which uh, I think the assistant director had gone down into town to buy. Um, and they didn't have to do any work while Apple staff and the lifeguards uh, or actually it might have just been me and the head lifeguard because we were both technically considered like the outside of the Apple. Yeah, because we were sad staff. I can't remember what that stood for, but we were sad staff. Uh, and the idea is it used to be like um, a family style where the campers would get up and they would get like the big pot of veggies and the plate of entrees and that kind of stuff and then bring them back to the um, table. Uh, but this time we did it restaurant style where the CITs and ad staff went from table to table taking everyone's orders, quote unquote. Um, and it actually turned out to be run. It actually went a lot smoother than most of uh, normal dinners went, if I remember correctly. <sighs> well, that was actually a lot of fun. The counselors accused the ad staff of going in and stealing pizza. But I know for a fact they didn't, because I could see all the ad staff at all times. Because there's only, like, six of us. Uh, I definitely wasn't there for that. <laughs> it was fun. The CITs loved it. They had a blast. Oh, I'm sure. Um, although one of my more memorable experiences as a CIT was that, I mean, actually that summer, that was the summer where I felt like I was constantly dying. <laughs> I was having some uh, health problems. Right. Uh, yes, I remember when I met you, like, face-to-face -face for first time in a while, I didn't recognize you because you weren't having an allergic reaction at the time. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I do, I do remember you being allergic to a lot of stuff. Uh, so... A very rosy complexion, so to speak. Yeah, I mean... So my skin has always been pretty sensitive, but basically that summer, mm -hmm. I like developed a whole bunch of allergies, like mm -hmm. everything, and it was like all coming to a head at like that point. And it later turns out that I was like allergic to sunscreen, and I was <laughs> allergic to the stuff I was using on my face, and I was allergic to my retainer and my water bottle and oh, like all this stuff. How we didn't know that. How did you get allergic to a retainer? Oh, no, crazy thing. I had braces, then I became allergic to surgical steel. Why does surgical steel is this not allergenic? Uh, I'm allergic to many things that say they're hypoallergenic. I so, pick that up with my skin. I'm so sorry. But that was the summer that we were figuring out, oh, hey, I've got some issues. So it was very exciting, and the counselors who were in charge of the CITs were not prepared for that. I didn't really get a lot of support from 
M that summer, but I, I found support elsewhere, which was nice. What year was that? Or was I there for that year? Yeah, yeah that was the same year with um, Casablanca and all that. Uh, I mean, do you remember part of it as the session from hell? So yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't the only thing that was going on. Um, geez. do you remember Indigo and um? Yes, Indigo was the greatest. Who was Indigo's? No. Hmm. No. Oh right. Yes. Indigo and I remember got along really well. Uh, Dina and I did not. That's not a surprise. Fair is more surprising if Bina got along with anyone. Fair. Uh. Do you know that Indigo went to Davis, too? Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that was uh, what we bonded over is um, Indigo was in uh, Davis's pet band and I was in Humboldt's pet band. And Davis and Humboldt's pet bands have a rivalry for some reason. You know Davis's band got a band, right? Yeah. This podcast has been running for a while. Uh, so, unless you have a burning story you want to tell. I think we're good. We could always save some more for later. Yes, there, there will never be an end to camp stories. Oh, man. Oh. I haven't even, hmm? even told you about some of the other stories I have from the years I actually worked there. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, this is just about when you were a CIT. Yeah. Oof. Well, we'll have to have you on soon, then. That's good. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Autumn, for being here. Yep. Thank you again, Rachel, for guessing. We really need to hang out again once um, this apocalypse is over. Fair. And nice to meet you again, Autumn. It's nice to meet you again, too. Yeah. Uh, I hope all of you have a great day. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, all cops are bastards. And uh, stay safe. Wear your mask. I have one more thing to add. add oh, can, yes. I, can I say um, Black Disabled Lives Matter? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I've been a part of the... I've been trying to... Um, more like disabled activists and stuff. So, you know, making sure that part isn't ignored. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, also, trans lives are... Trans rights are human rights. Um, anyways, all cops are bastards, black lives matter, black disabled lives matters, trans lives matters. Bye.